You, you, all you can do is just be a human being and be stunned. Welcome back to another episode of Eclipse on Tap, where totality becomes reality, a podcast where we talk about eclipses and space in general. I'm one of the co-hosts, Matt, and uh, with me is my other co-host, David. Hey there. <laughs> so what are you drinking this this uh, this episode, David? Oh, I got a uh, Perrin Grapefruit IPA. Um, it's, a, it's kind of a local West Michigan uh, brew. It's uh, pretty good. I like it. It's a good summer brew, but uh, I'm drinking it out of my uh, 2017 Solar Eclipse uh, complimentary cup. Yes. So it's even better than it usually would be, but uh, yeah, it's good. I like it. It's a good little uh, refreshing one for the uh, you know summer nights, even though we're sort of in the entryway to fall here but yeah the, the the heat has broken and it's now definitely uh, looking like fall i'm drinking a latitude 42 which for those that don't know is located in kalamazoo michigan uh it's called cosmic charlie's pale ale and it's got a very cool space spacey themed can um that uh I'm, I'm totally digging um so so we have a special guest this week as well and with us is race chaser dad so my father-in-law david's dad Race Chaser Dad, go ahead and introduce yourself. I'm just the chauffeur that took these guys down to the uh, eclipse, it, you know, and I'm sitting here uh, drinking a yeah, Perrin Grapefruit IPA and a Washington Apple, All which right. normally would be a Crown Royal Apple and Cranberry Juice, but tonight I'm doing it the bar way, and I'm having Apple Pucker and a Whiskey and Cranberry Juice mixture that I've tried to concoct to make it taste like a really, really good Washington apple. So, so yep. you're, you're having a good time. I'm having a great time. Yeah. Yeah, we're all having a great time. I mean, we're talking about space here, drinking some beer, drinking some whiskey, having a good old time. So so we're going to uh, chat this, this episode um, about Race Chaser Dad's experience at the Hop- Hopkinsville, Kentucky 2017 total solar eclipse and uh, get his, his, uh, his viewpoint Really, and you know, we talked last week, uh, a very, very open-ended conversational podcast, kind of by design, just trying to uh, share our excitement about the uh, David and I's excitement for for the 2017 um, eclipse. But now we have uh, someone else that was with us, and um, and someone that has a, a background more than us in in uh, astronomy and um, space in general. Um, definitely knows a lot more than either of either of us. Yeah. And um, I don't know that I'd say I know more. I've experienced experience more. Experience more. Experience more for <laughs> yeah. sure. Definitely, you've seen more than we have. Um, and you were also also the the inspiration for us, like kind of going down. You're the kingpin of the whole trip what 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 i think you need to do like uh, over the years what we've done you know going to grand prix and everything else is you need to make it a pilgrimage if you're out there in podcast world going you know what do i do to make the next one in 2024 a big deal you need to make it a pilgrimage you need mm-hmm. to just make it something you have to do it's yeah. got to be a bucket list item where you you need to make that plan Commit to it, do it, and just go. Yeah, yeah. And that's what we did. I mean, I think uh, I think that's what it 
really takes a, it takes a kind of a passion um, and a desire to to make that happen and make it you know especially something like that where it's a once in, once in a lifetime uh, opportunity to go see especially if you're passionate about it and you you know are excited and uh, you know want to know and want to see something like that that's what you had to do it's got to be a pilgrimage it's got to be especially I think it's more of a special occasion if you have friends and family with you and you're able to do that and that's what we did and um, so yeah that's that's kind of the basis uh, sort of the basis of what we want to talk about I guess for yeah this yeah. episode so definitely for today and, and so going forward here for for future episodes will uh, still be very much a conversational podcast but we're gonna build in a little bit of structure towards the end like after our break in that we'll talk and kind of feature a different planet uh, to start with. So um, this week we'll, we'll feature Saturn, actually, because of all of the hype surrounding um, kind of the end of the tenure of the mission of Cassini, the famous um, satellite that was launched to, to discover a lot of different interesting things about the planet Saturn. So we'll hit that kind of towards the tail end of the episode. Uh, but for now, uh, we want to just uh, kind of talk to Race Chaser Dad and figure out some some of what his background in astronomy really really is. So, uh, David, you want to go ahead and kick it off? Yeah, sure. Um, I guess having you here, I, I just want to talk about a little bit. Um, I guess the best way to start out would be what really got you into um, space exploration? What got you into astronomy? What kind of fueled the excitement, you know, when you were at a younger age. Um, and obviously, it was, you grew up in a time where, uh, you know, the, the really this, you know, the space exploration was just starting as far as the, you know, U.S. and the Soviet uh, programs were starting up. So um, I guess that probably had something to do with it. But what, what, were you, what was your real turning point where you really got excited about it and wanted to know more about it as a kid uh, actually when i was a kid before the space program i was probably in second or third grade and the thing that got me was you know brought up you know as a little kid going to church every week and i was like wait a minute if infinity are you kidding me what's if infinity is actually true what's how far away is that and my folks would be like, well, you know, I guess we got to have the minister over for dinner to explain this to our son. And I asked him, and he didn't know how to answer me other than, you know, it just goes on forever. So I was sitting there as a second, third grade kid going, if that's infinity, well, what's beyond that? What If you hit a wall somewhere, how thick is the wall? And what's on the other side of the wall? And I'm a little third grade kid going, what's, what's there? So back when the Redstone program started with the uh, Mercury program and Alan Shepard and, you know, the, the whole start of the Mercury program, I was like totally into it. I, we got a brand new washer and dryer set and I sat and made my Tinker Toys into programmable, you know, switches and dials and I drew things with magic markers on a box and I laid on my back out in our backyard uh, going up into space with Alan Shepard thinking, you know, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened in my life. And today, it's probably the coolest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's one of those things, like, I sit around, and, and now, and I'm, you know, in my late 20s, and I, I, I think about it all the time. 
how fortunate someone like you are to actually have been, you know, grown up in that time and, you know, you were able to witness the first guy go in space, the first, you know, the first man go in space, um, you know, that just that experience to me, um, not having been there, not having, you know, been able to grow up in that era, um, you know, it's just, it, it's kind of one of those things that I'm passionate about and it makes me kind of just, I'm, you know, you're at a loss for words when you think about it. I mean, I, and I know Matt, you feel the same way, but it's just, yeah. it's one of those things that'd be so cool. Like I am so into Apollo and the heroics, the science, the just overall genius that had to go into the, just getting people to the moon that it's just, it's hard to fathom, like actually growing up in that era where that was actually happening and where people like that was actually new technology and new things happening like that on a daily basis, like on a monthly basis where, okay, somebody else went up into space. Uh, okay. They're, they're testing the, the new mercury rocket or they're, you know, things like that. Like that is just crazy to me. And that, I, mm-hmm. that's something I, I wish I could put myself in, you know, your shoes. Well, you know, prior to that, the echo satellite, the first satellite the U S put in space, was basically a balloon that sent a signal back to Earth saying, hey, I'm up here. And we would go out at night when I was a little kid, probably younger than what I just said, probably first or second grade. And we would watch it go over at night. And my mom and dad would be out in the front yard. My aunt and uncle came uh, from Wisconsin. And we they were out in the front yard watching it go over. And they let me go out in the front yard because I was the oldest of the ones that were interested in it and watch it go over. And it was like, you know, watching today the space station go over, but nowhere near as bright. But the first thing that was man-made that went over, and we watched it, and my little cousins were going, hey, there it is, you know, and you could actually see Echo, and it was just called Echo, and all it was was echoing a signal yeah. from Earth going mm-hmm. back and forth, uh, coming back to Earth. And and then we went into the Mercury program from there, and it was like, holy crap, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. You go into... You know, just a satellite going into space to actual human being, you know, going into space. And, you know, then you, you kind of, I don't know, as a little kid, like, what what did that feel like when you you knew, okay, yeah, it's it's the beginning, you know, obviously you're, you're so young, like, at least for me, when I was younger, you take, you cert, you take certain things for granted. Like, you don't really pay attention to much in the detail of it, and you kind of think, oh, yeah, yeah, it's just you know, the space program and there, you know, NASA. Yeah. Like for me, it's like looking back, like as a, you know, I guess, you know, close to my thirties now, I, I tend to like pay attention to it more and actually look at it more than I did even when I was learning about it in school. But for you to actually be living during that time, you know, did you ever, was it, was it a situation where you kind of, you know, maybe, you know, weren't fully aware of what was happening or did you actually, you know, was it, you know? No, I think right from the get-go, I was like totally about it because my dad was a World War II vet, you know, so there was Nike missile sites around the Detroit, Livonia area. So you were aware of rocketry at that point when I was a little kid Mm -hmm. and we would drive around and my dad would point that out, you know, like, oh, that's a Nike missile site. So I was kind of always going, well, where do those go? You know, type curiosity. 
And when we got into the point where it was getting into the Mercury days, you know, getting into that type of thing, my folks actually let me stay home from school. And we, because they knew I was so into it, they would let me stay home from school and I would cut out a little piece of paper and draw a Mercury capsule on it and put a, an inside out piece of uh, scotch tape on it and stick it to the back. So when I would take my globe and watch Walter Cronkite on TV, with Alan Shepard just going from Cape Canaveral out into the Atlantic and landing, I could like trace him like they did on TV, and they they let me stay home from school for every single mission. Yeah, that's so cool. That's one. Yeah, that's one of those things. <laughs> every that, mission. That's so cool. That's one of those things. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, Matt, but I. It's like one of those things that. It just you you can't like for me. It's like I'm geeked just to be, you know into it now mm -hmm. in this point in my life but to be able to like you know be a little kid like my dad and be able to you know be living in the era mm -hmm. would be like that's just one of those things like and obviously we're in the era where people are starting to get ready to go to mars right and right. so that's that's exciting too but yeah, for you guys it's yeah. history it's yeah. like ancient history yeah. yeah yeah so i don't know i it's just kind of it's one of those things you you, you don't really for me, I guess in our era, we don't appreciate it till we're a little bit older, be, mm -hmm. just because of our generation, I guess it is. But um, and I'm sure there's plenty of people out there who, you know, feel differently and who, who have paid, you know, paid attention to it from a young age, even at our age. But um, it's just, it's like, it's crazy. It, it's just one of those things that I wish just try to put myself in those shoes. Yeah. But yeah. And it, it yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot of people from our generation too, speaking about, you know, like middle to late twenties, we're talking that don't care about it at all. You know, like, you know, so yeah. we have our passion about it. You know, we've, we've loved it since we were little kids, but, and, and yet we don't even have, we're scratching the surface of yeah. what, you know, you've, you've dealt with seeing it, seeing the mercury program and all these sorts of things like in person. So it's, it's interesting, you know, and hopefully people can continue to kind of grow towards maybe towards, you know, anticipate, anticipate going to Mars or that maybe that's the next frontier, um, getting, getting that excitement going back, going towards, um, I don't know, even if it's eclipse talk, just, I, I actually, <clears throat> I'm getting choked up, but I, I actually, you know, talking about all this from back when I was a kid, I hope that your generation gets so excited about going to Mars like I did in the Mercury days, like going from the uh, Redstone to the Atlas and then the Titan in, in the, uh, you know, Gemini program and going to the, you know, uh, Titan 1B or the uh, Saturn rather 1B into the Saturn 5 going all the way to the moon to be it your generation that I'll never see. You'll go to the Mars mm -hmm. and you'll go beyond Mars in your generation and your kids and your grandkids. Mm -hmm. But for me right now, looking at this, being able to record this with me saying, I saw that first launch. Right. Yeah. yeah. My folks let me stay home. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. And, you know, to think like, you know, in our generation, David and I's generation, we'll see Mars. Hopefully, you know, if things continue to go the way that they're going um, and to think that our children could see just another frontier beyond that, it, it yeah. is incredible. Um, so to to build that that excitement um and even if it starts with something little like oh i saw a solar eclipse 
Like, yeah. and, and that got me into it, you know. Or, Even yeah. for you guys, for to see the first Mars landing. Right, yeah. Manned landing yeah. on Mars, are you kidding? Oh, oh it's going to be. Yeah. Or even just to see the, the baby steps yeah. in, yeah, progression, the in yeah. progression to that. Just the, you know, the little baby steps that, you know, and it's great that we have the social media that we have, um, you know, with just being able to see the, the small progressions. You know, when you were a kid, all the little testing and all the little progressions were, oh, for shoot. some, they were pretty private and they were, you know, obviously it was a very secretive thing. Um, you know, until obviously you get to the, you know, the little bit later on where it's, you know, more of the shuttle missions where it's not as private, but going up, I would think, I mean, I, and I'm, I'm pretty, you know, actually unknowledgeable about the, whole, the Apollo program was pretty private up and, you know, all through the whole, whole ordeal, just getting to the moon. And it wasn't, you know, a lot of the testing wasn't publicized as far as I know, unless, you know, but Apollo though really was the first actual mission that wasn't an intercontinental ballistic missile right like you went to the you know redstone rocket that actually was a rocket that we were going to launch missiles on yeah you went to the next one the atlas and that was something that was an intercontinental ballistic missile you went to the titan for the gemini series the two guys going up that was an intercontinental ballistic missile that they put a capsule on and launched guys in i mean it yeah. was crazy just and, you know and the the first one that they actually built for going into space with people was the apollo mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's just kind of just totally blows your mind but at the same time i don't know it's it's uh it's one of those things like you you just like the images that i have are the kennedy speeches and mm -hmm. uh the build like all the things that i have to go off of you know the documentaries the textbooks yeah um you know biographies all those things that are that's what i have to go off of so i don't know what like as a as a young kid i mean i guess maybe not a kid by the time you know apollo's going up you you know you're what well, age were you about like right when right when apollo was starting that was, up and that was late 60s okay. you know late kennedy era yeah because he made the commitment to go to the moon and return a man safely yeah uh so i was you know junior high high school yeah and so, so at that point in time it was like you know we had the riots in detroit and at the time i lived outside in one of the suburbs of detroit and all that was happening and vietnam was happening and i was getting to the age where i was beginning to wonder would i go to vietnam and all that kind of thing and then we moved up here to grand rapids where you were born and so forth but you you look back on that kind of thing and you go you know the thing that kind of was the grounding thing the grounding epicenter of what was happening in that era was the space program you yeah. know all the presidents were still focused on that kennedy made the the one thing that i wonder is had kennedy not been assassinated would we have ever gone to the moon john kennedy made that commitment saying we're going to go before the end of the decade to the moon and back and return a man safely from the moon and back had he not been assassinated would that have ever have happened mm. was that the legacy that made that happen was yeah. that the whole legacy behind the entire space program right. at that point that made that happen yeah. yeah and i i even wonder just based on you know what i've seen and what i've you know i i, I don't know if you want to say what i've 
studied, but just based on what I've seen and what I've been passionate about recently, you know, I, from what I've heard, um, you know, from Gene Kranz, you know, the the story back then was, you know, when that started, you know, after the whole Apollo program had started, the Apollo 1 fire was really woke up everybody to the point where, okay, we thought we had the technology to go, but then the, a tragedy happened, and then that really turned the scope, and that was that was the point in which we, we thought, okay, this was the turning point, we're going to go. You know, and, like, and it, actually, like, that was the second yeah. tragedy in yeah. the whole space program. I, most people don't consider Gus Grissom sinking, you know, his Mer- Mercury capsule a tragedy because he survived. But that was the first time we had a failure in space. And it wasn't until he came back when the capsule sunk mm-hmm. and he darn near drowned. Yeah. You know, I, we were watching yeah. live on TV him almost drowning and, you know, waving frantically to get me, get me something down here to get me out of the ocean. Yeah. Uh, and now since then, I mean, literally in the probably the last 10, 12 years, they've recovered that capsule and actually discovered he really was right. The, the hatch blew and he had nothing to do with it. The, his lever that he would have blown the hatch was still in place. Mm-hmm. So it actually yeah. accidentally blew when he came in and, and, but, Gus Grissom was never given credit like, you know, Alan Shepard, John Glenn, none of the no. early guys. He was mm-hmm. like the black sheep of that whole squad. But he did make it to the, you know, Gemini program, Apollo program, and so forth. Yeah. However, he was killed in Apollo 1. Like yeah. we just said, you know, Apollo 1, when they did the full-on, you know, 100% oxygen in the mm-hmm. capsule, and they had a spark that blew, I mean, the whole capsule just ignited. Yeah. Right. I, I just... I. I've seen, uh, you know, interviews and and uh, and just Gene Kranz saying, you know, had that not had that tragedy not happened, we would not have known um, the different faults we had and different deficiencies we had uh, that were restricting us to go to the moon, and that that's what made us stronger. That tragedy made us stronger. But I don't know. As a kid, did you when you when that when Kennedy said, you know, before this decade is out, you know, we're going to go to the moon, as like, I, I guess as a kid or as a, you know, a high school at that point. No, I or, was way, or, way before high school. Way before high school? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. whatever point in time you were, um, you know, did did you have it? Was it, was it just real, you know... I don't know what I'm trying to say. Was it real fluffy? Was it just one of those times where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna go to the moon, or was it? Did did anybody sit around? Did your you know? Did you hear mom and dad sit around and and say, there's no way they're gonna do that? Oh no, no. This was this was post World War Two when you looked at a guy like Jack Kennedy, and I I was a little kid when he got elected, and I I I mean I didn't vote. I didn't do anything. I was like a little kid. And I was in fifth grade when he was assassinated. But uh, prior to that, you know, I mean, he had been in office for, you know, since I was in third grade. And it, it was one of those things where you just go, this is a guy that's got a set of nuts that's just going, you know what? We need to make this thing happen. We're, we're, this is post-World War II. We're in the United States of America. 
we're not going to let the Russians kick our ass. We're just going to go, and we're going to go to the moon. Mm-hmm. And you can't stop us. We're just going to be those guys that you can't stop. And that got the whole country on board. It was after Ike, you know, Ike Eisenhower, who was the commander in general of the entire European theater for the World War II. And he became president, and then Jack Kennedy beat Richard Nixon to be the president of the United States. And he came on board, and he was like, no, we we can't stop. We have to keep going. And that was post-Korea, Korean War, which now you can see that we're in trouble with Korea again. North Korea, you know, the third generation since Jack Kennedy. Nah. <laughs> we're <laughs> no, good. No, we're, we're tight. No, he's he's just, you know, it's another generation of that guy that thinks he can kick everybody's ass in the world. Yeah. Uh, however, I mean, going back to the space program, John Kennedy was like, no, we're going to go and we're going to go to the moon. You can't stop us. The Russians won't beat us. The Chinese can't even touch us at that time. Mm-hmm. And our biggest thing was the Cold War with the Russians, you know, going, what's next after World War II? And he was the first president that addressed that. Yeah. You know, Ike was the commander-in-chief of the European theater for World War II. Yeah. I just, I, it's just one of those things, like, I, I don't know, like, and I'm, you know, sure you feel the same way, Matt, but it's just... How do you put yours, like, if, if tomorrow, like, put ourselves in the shoes of that era where it's, you know, we're young Americans and we're just sitting around it. And the, the whole, you know, space program is, is, you know, on its way up. And our president came out and said, we're going to go to the moon. We've never been there before. What like that's that's the thing. It's like oh, by you know, the way, did, we're did, gonna put you on the top you know, of a missile. <laughs> did your did your mom and did, like did your your dad having been in the navy? I don't know. Did if you talk to him about it? Did you oh. ever? Did you ever say? Do you think that's possible? Are we actually gonna go to the moon? Like is is there our president? Is he is he just full of crap? Or are we actually gonna go to the moon? Like well, you know, my folks weren't Democrats, and when. John Kennedy said, we're going to go to the moon. And my folks actually realized back when I was in second and third grade, I was totally into space. So back at on Christmas one year, I got my Boy Scout or Cub Scout, at, actually at the time, pair of binoculars. And I started looking around, at, you know, back at the trees in the woods behind us. And the next year they were like, oh, he's kind of into the whole distance seeing thing. And they got me my first probably two inch department store telescope. And one night out in the backyard, when by then we had moved to uh, Cleveland, and I found Saturn. And I just was looking up and going, wow, that one looks different. And I found Saturn, and I called my folks both out in the backyard. And, I'm, and they were like, at that point, going, okay, this kid's going yeah. in. This kid's like into astronomy. So, right. you know, by then they were like, okay. You know, yeah. and, and at that point, I was probably in fourth grade. So we were probably just getting into the Gemini series. Okay. So by then I had been home for every single one of the Mercury launches and tracing the little Mercury capsule with the scotch tape twisted inside out on the back. 
you know, when every time Walter Cronkite said, here they are, and I moved my little capsule on my globe. And your suspenders were on. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no yeah. kidding. And, yeah. and then we went into the Gemini series. No kidding. Every time they did a launch, my folks would let me stay home from school. My science teachers were all like, okay, he's been home for every single one. <laughs> all right, no, this I, kid's yeah. a loser. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. Seriously, it was like... Yeah, this kid's into it, and, and you know, it, he's a space geek, and he's like a science kid, so yeah. Yeah, they let me stay home. That's cool. It, it just, uh, yeah, I it, know. It, actually, through the Apollo series, I stayed awesome. home every single launch from Mercury through Apollo. That is too cool. And my parents let me stay home, and they'd call school and say, nope. Apollo 11's going up, Apollo 12's going up, Apollo 14's going up. You know, whomever it was, I stayed home and watched the whole thing. Mm -hmm. The coolest thing was watching Neil Armstrong step on the moon. That night was crazy for the, yeah. for the entire world, let alone, you know, mom and pop USA, watching him put that first put, foot on the moon and going, yeah, first, you know, first step on the moon, mm -hmm. I, giant... Giant step from crazy. If yeah. I was, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd have a kegger at that point. Yeah, if I was, <laughs> let's have a party. If I was the age that I am now, watching a man step on the moon for the first time, or honestly, the when actually did when, see that when somebody, yeah, that that that's the thing that kind of like just I don't know. I wish I would have lived back then, but I don't know. Well, we'll have a kegger when the first yeah. man steps on Mars. <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. It's just uh, I would have just gotten totally just bonkers with uh whiskey beer well going back god into, knows what but back back into your podcast uh going back into the whole thing that we did going down our little pilgrimage down south going to see the eclipse you know to see that to yeah. for the next manned launch i want to be there i have never yeah. seen a manned launch i have to see that right. and i don't care if it's the next manned launch that goes out to the moon and back or it goes around the earth. Mm -hmm. I want to go see a man launch. Because through everything that has been in my lifetime, I've never been in Florida to watch a man launch. Yeah. You've but seen it for, on TV. I've, oh, yeah. I've watched every single yeah. one on, on yeah. TV. But And you can do it on YouTube today for you guys. Yeah. But to actually be there and watch that and feel the earth vibrate. Mm -hmm. I, yeah. I, it's like us seeing that totality. Yeah. Like you said, totality is reality. You yeah. can't even imagine. Yeah. Which is, you know, I can't even yeah. imagine what that would be like to see the next man launch. How how the Earth would shake. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which is what we want to talk yeah. about. Let's do it, like next is just, you know, your experience with the eclipse and uh, and we had our experience in the first podcast, but you know, to get your experience. So. Yeah, exactly. So. So the one thing that uh, David and I didn't have was the telescope. And so you had the telescope. That was like the, we had people coming over and looking into the scope, yeah. checking out the, the solar filter with the sun all the way through the partial into totality. And that was super cool. So we want to definitely get your point of view um, from that side of things. Um, but I think first it'll be a, a perfect time for a little break here. Uh, we'll refill up on our beers. Um, we've yep. had a great conversation so far. So we'll be back with you in a second with some new beers and probably some new whiskey too.
All right, so we are back from our break. We are refilled up on our beers. I'm drinking another Cosmic Charlie's Pale Ale from Latitude 42. This stuff is good. Uh, if you're in the West Michigan area, definitely check it out. Um, so now that we're back in action here, we're going to talk a little bit about Race Chaser Dad's experience at the Eclipse. If you listen to episode one, which if you haven't, you should, uh, David and I totally geek out about our experience going down to Hopkinsville, uh, the trip down, the experience, seeing totality, and just you can you can get the sense of how, how much our minds were blown by the whole experience. But uh, we'll, we'll let Race Chaser Dad have his um his point of view kind of exemplified here. So um, he, what, what kind of telescope did you bring down? We'll, we'll, we'll kind of hit that first. Well, going back to the scope days, like my folks, when I was a little kid, I had a 2.1 inch refractor telescope, which I thought was the greatest thing that ever hit the face of the earth. And then I one night found Saturn and screamed at my folks come out in the backyard and watch that. And they were like, oh, my gosh, the kid's totally into this thing. And then I, I my folks were totally pissed at me when I uh, traded that for a 3.5-inch refractor uh, with a friend's friend, put it that way. And we went out and we were looking one night and I found M13 and Hercules and we looked at this globular cluster that was this insane globular cluster, you know, I, I, looking at night from a backyard. And then years later, uh, after marriage and so forth, I bought a 13.1 inch Odyssey 1. A 13.1 inch ref reflector scope is like something you can't even imagine back when I was a kid. Uh, so I can see anything I really, really want to see with that scope. I mean, galaxy, the whole shooting match. Uh, going down to that, when I was a little kid, and I was probably in third or fourth grade, we saw a partial eclipse when I lived in Livonia at uh, Roosevelt uh, Elementary. And we all went out in back of the school, and we all had the, you know, the eye protection that they gave back in those days. And we looked up at the eclipse. Well, the biggest thing we had was back then was the box that you could put the uh, aluminum foil in the back and the piece of paper in the front, and you held it up and you looked at the eclipse. Well, some friends of mine and I, you know, and I'm out there with my whole elementary school, and we were in my friend's backyard because it was so close to the school, and we looked in his bathroom, and this entire screen in his bathroom screen was projecting thousands of eclipses on the bathroom wall and so we sat there and looked at that rather than looking at our little projecting scopes if you call it a scope you know with your aluminum foil with a little pinhole you know pinhole camera basically back from the old days uh, we looked at that and we were like oh my gosh you know what can what what the heck is this thing and that was my first experience with an eclipse. Well, once I saw that and we heard about this thing coming on in 2017, and I, I started talking to the, you know, David and Matt and uh, John, one of our friends, and going, you know, we, we should do that. And this is back in 2015. Mm -hmm. And we started looking at that whole thing going, oh, yeah, we got to do that. And it was like a bullshit thing. Oh, yeah, we're going to do that. Well, as we got closer, we're going, hey, you know what? Let's make this like kind of a bucket list thing. And we went. And we and actually, we ended up going to Louisville. 
And then we drove down to Hopkinsville the next morning uh, at 5, I think it was, a.m. Yeah. Early. We uh, went Early. down there, and I was, like, taking my 6-inch scope, which I had bought for my travel scope. And uh, yeah. I don't know if you could have gone anywhere in the USA and had a better time. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't yeah. honestly know if you could. I'd, I'd like to share that uh, I'm drinking a Coors Light uh, in basically in memory of the Coors Light I drank at the Eclipse. Cheers. So uh, I'll cheers. cheers to that right now. So, uh, And, uh, Dad, what are you drinking? I am drinking a Perrin Grapefruit IPA. Yeah. What was your, like, I guess my question to you, Race Chaser Dad, um, for the Eclipse, like, what was your expectation going into it? Like, uh, actually, honestly, looking at that, I didn't have an expectation. I was looking at it like, you know what? If it ends up cloudy, it ends, you know, we're not going to see anything. If we get to see the, uh, it's like back when I was a kid. If uh, Walter Cronkite told me I couldn't see the launch day, I couldn't see the launch that day. It was one of those things where once we got to the point where we had committed to going to Louisville, and we were going to go down to Hopkinsville. It was like one of those things where once you get there, you're going to see what you're going to see. Right. Honestly, at my age, at this point in my life, where when I was a little kid, you stood in your backyard and you watched what you watched. And now, at this point in life, you look and go, where can we go and actually see this thing where I've got a travel scope that I call my travel scope now, my six-inch uh, scope. It's like one of those things where you go, okay, if I've got a six inch, I'm going to go buy that solar filter for the end of it when I want to go see sunspots and people look at sunspots and they could look at it safely. My expectation was to experience the whole thing with you guys, not knowing what we'd see, mm -hmm. to look up in the sky during totality, during totality and experiencing prior to a totality watching the shadow of the moon come toward us and then finally once it we hit totality knowing we're in the complete absolute totality of the shadow of the moon and looking up and without any kind of eye protection looking up at that and, and seeing totality i've never seen that before i've never seen that before and i i had no idea what to expect I didn't even yeah. think that I could possibly look at that and without eye protection. I mean, when I was a little kid, you never looked at that, you know. It's mm -hmm. one of those things that you go, that's a life experience. This is one of those things that you set aside in life. And you go, one of the things I want to see in my life is a total eclipse. Total eclipse. Yeah. Total solar eclipse. But you and I've talked to friends that were here in northern Michigan or mid Michigan, and they were like, eh, "Yeah, whatever." No, you have yeah. no idea what totality is like. Right. It's the most stunning thing you can look at. The only thing I want to see going forward in life is the next man launch, and I want to see that one going to the moon. That's yeah. the only thing. It's yeah. it's like, it, and that's that's kind of like that's you know it's one of those things like. So stunning no matter, you can't explain. Yeah, no matter no matter how much experience you have or you know, and I, I could be wrong with people listening. I mean, people might have more experience and I'm sure they do than we do sitting around this table with astronomy and with, 
you know, space exploration in general. But, you know, it's the, one of the things I can compare it to is the first time I got to go to a, a Grand Prix, like a Formula One Grand Prix, and you're listening to the cars outside the track, but you can't see them yet. It's one of those things where you're, you can hear the sounds, but you, then when you get in the venue and you can actually see the cars and you're, you're just like blown away, you know, and that's a small, that's a small, you know, example of it. But even with people, you know, NFL teams, or, you know, you're outside the stadium and you I mean, can, yeah. you can hear the, Red the Wings, you know, or you're out there, mm-hmm. you're outside of an NHL game or it's just one of those things where you just don't know what to expect once you get in. So, um... Yeah, that, exactly. that's. I think that goes across the board with anybody, really. So, yeah, it, it's it's just amazing, and, and you can get that sense from. I mean, it's great. You know, everyone we talk to, it's the same. Anyone that saw totality, and it, what was really cool is, um, some of the videos and the images that like I posted to my personal Instagram, and and pretty soon we're gonna start in Eclipse on Tap Instagram to kind of go uh, side by side with our Twitter. But for example, like there was people that were just there in Hopkinsville that were around us um, that were commenting on my on my photo like I was there like I was there too like oh that's my car in the back of the photo oh that's that's my little spot that I was at um, everyone has that same um, general like sense of awe so and that leads us into our next point which is you know our group from Eclipse on Tap we are going to go to the next total solar eclipse yes like, we are absolutely doing it and in, in the episode 1 we talked about you know we talked about the next total solar eclipse to come across the United States which yeah. is 2024 yeah but and we we hinted at 2019 July 2nd 2019 it's in Patagonia Chile but we're going to go to it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I've got the counter no, I'm, up. I'm dead set. I'm, we are dead set. I mean, this is something that, like, it's not even... This is like yeah. a bucket list I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what's going to take, but I'm going to go. We're going to go. Yeah, I got the it, counter up right now. 640 yeah. days, yeah. 11 hours, and 59 minutes. We're so, going to be there. So I might yeah. be retired by then, so I'll be like, oh, okay, guys, well, let's go. Yeah. And we'll take our pup tents and uh, our Patagonia gear-ish. Yeah. And we'll uh, go down there. I'll bring my so. trash bag and I'll uh, you know put it over me for the rain or whatever happens along the way. But we'll uh, we'll be there. We'll be trucking. But uh, uh, yeah. So our eclipse on tap. We have three bucket list items now. Not in, this is literally not including the 2024 U.S. total solar eclipse. We have the 2019 total solar eclipse in Chile. We are going to be there. David and Matt, <laughs> at least us. We're gonna be there. We're gonna we're gonna freaking do it. Yeah, we got it. I'm <laughs> I'm basically committed I, at this point. I believe point. you'll do it. We have 640 um, days to figure yeah, it out. I mean yeah. that that's that's a long time. That's so, pretty. That's pretty good. We can uh, do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah. So and then the other bucket list item is a Seaman launch. And if that comes before the 2019 total solar eclipse, then so yeah. be it. We're gonna be there. Which we think should be it the should. case. It with should be SpaceX. SpaceX um, is making their moves. I think they're they're projecting 2020, but so so maybe right after yeah. the next yeah, total yeah, solar. Yeah. And then the third and final, until of course the next total solar through the U.S. would be to go to Adult Space Camp. That, uh, yes. <laughs> to go to Adult Space Camp okay. down in Huntsville. So pr- after that, if you guys really want to get into it with me, since we're interviewing me, so we're going to 2044 for the next one? 2045, I think it is. 2045. Yeah. And we're going to walk me up in a wheelchair. So if you are listening to this podcast, 
I want to be there and go, hey, made it. Bitches. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> 2045. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Waving, a, waving a flag. <laughs> yep. Oh, yeah. I'll be there. If these guys are willing to roll me out in the wheelchair, yep, I'll be there. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, that one. By the time. No, I'll, I'll be, be pumping a keg by that. Or yeah. I'll be, yeah. Yeah, so, we'll be in our 50s. David and I will be in our 50s. I'll bring See, the these... uh, keg of uh, whatever you want. Oberon or, you know, whatever you want. But Yeah. And that one, if I'm not mistaken, follows a very similar path to the one we just saw in 2017. That's my last bucket list item for you on the podcast. So, yeah. Uh, so that's the yeah, that's the bucket list. I mean, and and that's just like that's exactly what we want to do with this podcast is to build that excitement. We like talk about the origins of the excitement. Literally, you know, you were there for some of these things, like the the origins of the space age, and now we're talking about future solar eclipses and even more importantly maybe even getting a man on mars or sending yeah. like like these sorts of things like that we want to just encapsulate all of that excitement everything yeah. into this podcast i hope anybody that hears this is listening and going you know what basically you know being born in the 50s and looking to where i've come in my in my generation and going Oh my gosh, you guys have no idea where we've gone. And I look at my folks and my grandparents. My grandparents born in the 1800s to here, you know, they went from horse and buggy to space flight in mm -hmm. one generation. Right. Yeah. And I look at you two guys and I go, what the heck is next? Are you kidding me? Yeah. And, and in, in my lifetime going, this is, this is insane. I hope, I hope you guys get to see Mars and beyond, beyond, yeah. beyond mm. Mars. Yeah. Well, I mean, and we have with you know numerous satellites, but I mean, it's just you would you would hope uh, you know the the future. I I think the future very is very bright with uh, you know. I honestly I think the future is with commercial space flight. Honestly, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. And I I hope I hope I, I in my heart I hope that we can continue to uh, support, you know, NASA and continue its growth. And I, I think that's really the foundation of, from where we've actually started this whole, you know, space flight endeavor from, mm -hmm. but I, and I, I really hope uh, eventually, um, you know, I, I would like to see who knows where, you know, at the, at the end of the day, like they're talking about asteroids and right. all that kind of stuff where, you know, we actually start mining on asteroids or really kind of boggles the mind. But, you know, the sky that's what, that's is what the beer's, limit. That's what beer's for. So. Yeah. Well, and, you know, go out to a beach, go out to a park, wherever, and look at something that you can see galaxies and nebulas and so forth. But you need to go you know, and take your kids with you so your kids are into it. And look at that and go, wow. That is stunning. Yeah. Not even through a scope. Just look up. You know, that's what it really takes at the end of the day. Um, I think uh, a lot of that's missed, you know, especially people these days with uh, technology and yeah. phones and all that. Just look up. Like, take your kids out, look up. Go to the beach, look up in the middle of the night. Uh, look up even in, you know, middle of the city. Yeah, uh, a little bit of light pollution, but look up. You Anything know. you can see. Yeah. yeah, stop looking down at your at yeah. your phone. Stop I'll giving look, you exactly. Yeah, instead of giving your uh, instead of giving your your kid the iPad, give your kid the sky. Look give at the your sky. Give your kid the sky. Yeah. Take, I, them, 
Take Amen, brother. To the local Amen. park. Yeah. My grandson with his three-inch scope looks up, and he can see Saturn. He can see Jupiter. He can see the Andromeda Galaxy on a little tiny three-inch scope. Yeah. And that's what makes a kid get into space. Yeah. Makes a kid get into science. Just make your kids look and be curious. Yeah, absolutely. It's just it has to be the way the way that the future needs to go. I mean, you have to get the kids. The next generation needs to be involved uh, in in looking up at the sky. It just has to be that way. Yep. Just resonates with you know what we've been talking about with just the just the vastness of space. Just how big it actually is. Think of how big Saturn is and how long it takes to, it's actual, like, how long it takes to orbit the sun. Take, you know, 29 Earth years to orbit the sun. It's just, it's insane. Oh, by the way, it left there when you were born. It's crazy. Oh, by the way, it's it's back uh, now. Yeah. You're 29. Oh, by the way, Saturn just got back to where it started when you were born. That's just one of those things, like, you just, and that's just within our solar system. Right. You just think... Just you know, blows my mind, but continue. it really does. Yeah. So some other interesting facts. Uh, these are some of the top discoveries that Cassini, specifically Cassini, not Voyager or any of the other satellites that were passing by, but just Cassini, given its, its specific mission to study Saturn, um, it imaged the um, the storm on Saturn's north pole. And we'll, you know, it's interesting because we saw some some things with Voyager and other satellites passing by that it was this hexagonal shape but there's this storm on saturn at the north pole and it's a, in the shape of a hexagon mm-hmm. and it has never stopped yeah no, since ever ever it, yeah. and it's twenty thousand miles wide yeah and how and 60 it, miles deep into the planet it's yeah. just this massive storm and it's never stopped and cassini did a lot of research uh we will get into the the, the extreme details of it because you know this is more of a conversational podcast we're not trying yeah. to get into the science of it yeah per se but just just that is incredible. Yeah. 20,000 miles wide. And I don't know if you've mentioned this one yet, but the rings of Saturn, on uh, average, are 30 Earth. feet wide only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On average, only yeah. 30 feet wide. Yeah. And like, I, it's just, well, that's another thing, how big the planet is and the rings you picture in your head when you envision Saturn is the rings of Saturn. And how big they are, and you realize how big that planet is. Mm-hmm. On average, thirty feet wide, the rings yeah. are. And, so and they're not the, they're not even really that wide, really. Like and, on, and you know, when you imagine that, and then you look at the moons, and you go, "How the hell? How far away are those? Yeah. And how big are they?" And you go, "This is like way, way beyond what I can imagine. I mean, yeah. I can't even I can't even grasp." Infinity. Yeah. I can't even imagine what infinity is. Yeah. It, it's yeah. at my age, I, I look at that and I go, "This is way, way beyond what we, I." And, and I think that 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 like that phenomenon is like a healthy part of being a human being. Yeah. yeah. Like it's it's like, like you can't under you can't comprehend and it. That's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. You just have yeah. to understand yeah. it and just enjoy it. You just like, have to go to bed, drink three beers, and wake up and have a few cups got, of coffee yeah. and go to work. That, that That's all you can do. You, you, all you can do is just be a human being. And be stunned. You know, it just it's one of those things that I think is meant to be mysterious mm-hmm. and meant to, be, meant to keep you thinking. And getting back to Saturn, I mean, just like 
more mind-blowing facts. Like, so even the planet of Saturn, this gas planet, the huge. ring, the just a massive planet, insanely. Huge. The 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 rings of Saturn don't even start from the equator until seven thousand kilometers out. That's insane. And then they range from eighty thousand kilometers after they start. Oh, by the yeah. way, eighty thousand. Eighty thousand kilometers. <laughs> Some other interesting facts here. Saturn has 62 moons. 62 Which, moons. What? Like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just crazy. I, I think it was 13. Yeah. Back yeah. when I was a kid. 62 moons. And that's thanks to Cassini. Uh, yeah. has, has, like, and really how big done, are they? Yeah. They're, I mean, Cassini, from what I researched a little bit before this episode, Cassini discovered moons that were, like, the size of what people would consider as an asteroid. Like, small. Uh, yeah, small, yeah, like, irregularly yeah. shaped moons. Um, up to Titan, which is you know, on par so with our moon. Serious yeah. type. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and 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 two of the most interesting moons, um, were, well, Titan is one of them, being that it has lakes on yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, lakes composed, however, of methane and ethane. So yeah. you you can stand on Titan and you can look out like you'd look out at the Great Lakes here yeah. in Western yeah. Michigan, but it's not water; it's methane. Right. Yeah. And that just is insane totally blows my uh, mind. just yeah. absolutely incredible and then the other one that's uh intriguing at least as far as saturn goes as far as you know cassini's discoveries is enceladus is the other moon uh that it is completely at least at its surface level all ice mm -hmm. just a spherical ice ball and it spews uh water ice from the cracks of its surface just like miles high, just these geysers of ice and water and just shooting it out. Just crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. That's insane. And, and with that being said, yeah, that, that, I think that's the that's a perfect spot to end. Uh, we'll, we'll see you next time. We hope that you have a great month. We'll see you at the end of October for the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Eclipse on Tap, and also Instagram. We just started an Instagram, uh, and it's at Eclipse on Tap as well, and we'll be posting all sorts of different cool facts that we come across throughout the months, and also updates on our upcoming topics. With that said, see you later. Yep, Good see night. you later.